Why echo chambers are so dangerous? Why echo chambers are so dangerous? You're listening to World Reading Club, presented by Hakim Alibokas Alexander, here on Calling. Social Podcasting, presented for World Reading Club in association with Uniquilibrium. This edition's reading focus uh, was shared with me by another uh, user, an associate here on uh, Colin, Brady Crow. He seems to be having some kind of issues with uh, the gentleman that I was just uh, in a room with discussing in-groups and out-groups uh, for the Pangburn Hangout. And I saw him putting some comments in the room and then uh, I suppose he was quickly kicked out or banned or whatever and sent me a message indicating as such. And then shortly thereafter, I got a hold of this article that I've linked here. Uh, it says from the Paleo Foundation. And it's uh, why echo chambers are so dangerous. So I'm going to go ahead and read it and just see what it says. I, I have some small idea of what an echo chamber is. And I think I understand what Mr. Brady Crow is getting at from his perspective, at least I understand what he's accusing them of. I'm not saying that I think that that's what's happening with them. Uh, if I listen to everything everybody says, um, I'd be in trouble because I am a person who is easily swayed. So I tend to just take a neutral stance until I can find out more information. And that's what I'm doing here. And in this, uh, it says, uh, well, I'm just going to read the article. I'm going to start and get through it, see what happens. This is from paleofoundation.com. Why Echo Chamber is So Dangerous, published on August 13, 2019. It so far had uh, 13,753 views, whatever that means. Okay. So let me take a look at this. All right. And now, oh, there we go. That's very good then. That means I can do this and open another window. Perfect. Uh, Paleo Foundation. The recently deceased scientist and cosmologist Stephen Hawking once said via Twitter, appropriately, that... We are all now connected by the internet, like neurons in a giant brain. What he didn't mention, however, is what type of brain connected us all. One of the primary characteristics of autism, which is caused by a surplus of synapses between brain cells, is the need for sameness. This need for uniformity and homogeneity is a fitting description of modern-day society and is exacerbated by the connectedness 
that Internet technology offers. While the Internet was originally heralded as the great unifier of humanity, today the proliferation of echo chambers has perhaps, perhaps diminished our collective ability to relate with people whose beliefs and ideologies differ from our own. All right. So I think that um, from just that first paragraph, that opening, I think this is the message that Mr. Brady Crow is trying to send me, that that's what's happening. Before I get into what that is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just took this thing from out of here, this nice green necklace here with a pendant on there. Well, the pendant is something called a love tuner. And I got it uh, from, I was alerted to, uh, I made aware of it from Cecilia Grace, who I met on the uh, Wisdom app. Hello, Misha. And, um, and so I'm just going to take a break to just sound this for a moment before I continue. I just got to a good point, and I think I understand what Mr. Brady Crow is trying to tell me. I'm not saying that I share his opinion. All I just understand what he's trying to tell me here. So let me take a break here for a moment. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> All right. Back to paleo, um, what is this thing? This website where why echo chambers are so dangerous. And I was reading it on paleofoundation.com. It continues with the question, what is an echo chamber? The term echo chamber was originally coined as a figurative description of what happens when an individual or group's belief systems were reinforced and buttressed by continued communication and repetition within a closed system. While the Internet opened up seemingly limitless opportunities for wider access to news and information, it also allowed individuals and groups to select which information they would access. For example, while a simple Google search related to a hot-button topic such as Central American migration might allow people to explore a diversity of viewpoints that consider this issue from a, var a variety of angles, the Internet also allowed people to bunker down and only seek out information that coincides or overlaps with their own belief patterns on any given issue. This closed loop system of information not only reinforces existing views and ideas, but can also lead to confirmation bias, social polarization, and unfortunate examples of extremism. 
So I've, of course, uh, one of the first things that came to mind when I was reading the above paragraph, because this is a cold reading, is uh, confirmation bias. So that's interesting, right? So I, I already get it. I mean, this is um, the, the main idea um, that he's trying to communicate to me is that um, perhaps he's being kicked out of these rooms and banned because he feels like they are um, hostile to his ideas, which are outside of or beyond the echo chamber. So I, I understand his position. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with it or that I don't. I need to do more research. Uh, hello, Gator. How you doing? And so um, this is what this article here is on uh, paleofoundation.org. And I'm reading that. And you're more than welcome to uh, share some thoughts with me. I'm just reading this article here. Um, Mr. Brady Crow sent it to me, and he sent me a message. I mean, he said so quite uh, bluntly before. But I'm just investigating. This is a channel that I have here called World Reading Club. And I um, am obsessed with reading. I actually have withdrawal if I don't read for a while. So I took to reading the article that Brady sent me and that uh, he was uh, back channeling uh, while we were in the out uh, the, um, the room with the Pangburn hangout earlier uh, with Brett was. And so I decided to read it. And uh, I'm learning a few things. I'm going to continue here. This is interesting. Um, so I just came up with what is an echo chamber. I'm on the second paragraph here that starts with one recent study by the Pew Research Center found that an estimated 61% of millennials gather their news principally through their social media feeds. Social media, however, is governed by complex algorithms that subsequently dictate what feeds and news items appear as we scroll through our social media channels. These artificial intelligence algorithms are able to pick up on our interest trends and discard information that appears to not fit with our preferences. This is part of the reason why the internet and social media contribute to the ever more prevalent echo chambers and the resulting polarization. I don't know if I was ahead of the curb or if I'm behind the curb here, the curve here, because, well, maybe I'm right on time with it, because a few years ago when I was in China, I recorded a podcast called Why Complain About Social Media and Internet Addiction. And my whole Premise in it, premise of it was a solution that was actually saying, uh, you know, instead of complaining, like basically I didn't use the word echo chamber, but it was this kind of thing. And I, my solution was just, okay, well, stop complaining about it and then just go start being outside, keep being outside the echo chamber. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it, 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 you'll build up some kind of, you know, following for a lack of a better word, right? You know, just... This whole, I mean, but I'm glad that there are people who write articles like this to describe these things. Because I would have never, you know, I've heard all these terms before, but I just, my thinking doesn't go there. And I'm glad that, you know, people in the world are sharing this stuff, because I am such a moron when it comes to this. Let's see. Mm, 
Let's see. While the term echo chamber was first utilized to denote situations in which closed systems of news media and outlets reinforce existing political and ideological attitudes, echo chambers can be found in organizational settings as well. Already back in 1996, researchers from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, were sending out warnings associated with the potential risks of a world connected by the Internet. They said, individuals empowered to screen out material that does not conform to their existing preferences may form virtual cliques, insulate themselves from opposing points of view, and reinforce their biases. Internet users can seek out interactions with like-minded individuals who have similar values and thus become less likely to trust important decisions to people whose values differ from their own. Most only associate the phenomenon of echo chambers with extremely conservative, nationalist, and xenophobic groups. But it's easy to find enclaves of insulated, hyper-partisan groups on social media and the Internet. And the same can be said of organizations all across ideological spectrums. The next section here is called Dangers of Echo Chambers. Hey, Gator. Have you anything to say so far? Brother, how you doing? Just, uh, hey, Haki. Sorry about the delay. I was just uh, listening whilst I was away from the phone. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think the, um, you know, I've seen the article before quite a long time ago and... Um, you know, yeah, I think it, I think relatively speaking, most of that is perfectly makes sense and is, you know, uh, well known. But I think also one thing there, there is an irony, as far as I can perceive, there is a real irony that Brady runs around sharing it, because as a third party watching his behaviour on calling. He himself is in is he himself is in an echo chamber, and the thing is that he's in an echo chamber that's even smaller than some of the other echo chambers that are on calling with other people. Mm. Because if you yeah. look at his behaviours, there's two things that stick out. When he is in spam spamming everybody's chat, all of his phraseology, all of his things, everything he says is repetitive and it's the same every single time, right? Everything. Mm. It's almost like he's got like a fixation or a, a, um, a sort of OCD. Is not term, but it's, it's like that. Um, and also, when you look at his kind of um, what he wants to talk about and call him, um, it's some. It's basically all hype. Everything that he does and communicates is all egotistical, egocentric. I, 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 like this, right? He he doesn't he doesn't ask. What he does also doesn't do is enter into any kind of lengthy discourse. He, he you never hear him explaining really any lengthy um, degree. 
what he's talking about. He he he, he defaults to very short, sharp kind of non and I would go as far as to say some of it's non secateur Some of it is literally like hold up for ten seconds. Mm-hmm. He even gets ter- specific terms wrong. And, and 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 why am I saying this? Well, because yeah. I think it's actually important to flag the irony of a guy running a guy around. Running- getting excluded from other people's groups after a time he gets excluded from other people's groups right um and his reaction to beginning to get excluded is to spam the fuck out of them in a hyper repetitive way which won't win anyone over repeat that over and over again in each group he gets excluded from and then he also at the same time turns around and starts telling everybody that they're in an echo chamber when he doesn't mm. seem to realise that he's actually in his own echo chamber, and trapping yourself in your own echo chamber is actually a you bigger know. <laughs> crime than being caught in somebody else's. That's um, that's an interesting point. Now, I, I I did I wasn't thinking along those lines at all, but um, so here's here's a very interesting thing I'm starting to notice about myself. I can completely understand what you're saying and even apply it to a certain individual while not exactly accepting it as the truth. So I can completely understand what you're saying, and and I and then at the same time I can understand what he's saying. And so, but what I'm seeing with you, what what you just described is. Um, I, like you said earlier, it is very, um, it's important to point out um, because yes, when the more that you, you know, it just makes sense. Like, see, I can, I can look at it logically and dispassionately as if it was a scientific experiment, right? Like, because anybody, if anybody did that, right, as you described, because I haven't seen those details, but if it is as, as you described and for all intents and purposes, it seems like it could be. Um, because, you know, if, if somebody kicked me out of their room, I wouldn't be sending them messages you know, <laughs> about stuff. Like, I would just go and open up my own room and just do whatever I'm doing. But I, I, don't, I don't get kicked out of stuff in the first place. Like, I asked, uh, um, and so just for this discussion, right, I asked um, both, well, all three of them. I asked Brady, Crow, Jenny Hatch, and uh, William Bonatati. How is it that they keep getting banned and kicked off of all these platforms? I'm like, I've said some pretty wild shit. And I've like had like, you know, certain things flagged for this and that. And like, but the worst that's ever happened to me is that I've had like videos taken down because the, it, they thought the music was copywritten when it actually was my music. And just like the AI didn't catch that, that from my record label, for whatever reason, the AI didn't catch that my name, even though it's fully on the freaking credits of the song Hakeem Ali Bokas Alexander, the AI didn't pick up that Hakeem Ali Bokas Alexander is using it on his Facebook page. It's just the weirdest thing. But that's like the worst that's ever happened to me. I've never had like any of these situations where I've been banned. And I mean, I'm not a mainstream person by any means. I mean, I'm pretty like with the stuff that I, I, I'm pretty out there. Like, and I know it, I'm not naive to think, oh, everything I'm doing is just so in line with everything. I, I know what I do is is fucking bananas sometimes to a lot of people, you know, so, but this stuff doesn't happen to me. And so I, I made this point. And so this is actually tying into what you're, the point you're making about um, him isolating himself into his own echo chamber, because I'm, so, I'm seeing this happen with other people who are constantly being banned and pushed away because then yeah. their only recourse is just to be by themselves with their own echo chamber. 
because what else can they do when when they keep being you know ostracizing themselves from other people? Okay. No. So one one user of this platform has 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 said you know that's what's happened to them, right? And when I put to them, well, one way around this is to simply go and create new an, anonymous, not you, not identifiable as you. Um, accounts on each of these platforms yeah. and restart and change right. and modify the way that you're posting so that you stay on the right side. And I gave them a load of techniques. You know what their yeah. response was? What was that? Have a guess. Uh, <laughs> <a> fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Flat, flat out refusal. Right. Yeah. What does that tell you? That's like saying, you're in a, you're fighting a war that you want to stay in and ideally you would like to win. Hence why you're still fighting. Right. And you are now complaining of defeat and you're, you're, you're really powerfully complaining. This is one of the main things that you repetitively raise over and over again. I've been kicked off this. I've been kicked off that censorship, censorship, censorship. So you're, you're militarily, you're saying, I can't, we can't, We've been laying siege to this castle. We can't get in. We keep getting killed. They keep bombarding us. Da, 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 da. We can't, we're, we're losing men against the walls. Da, 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 da. And a military strategist comes along and says, okay, what you need to do is withdraw. And then you need to send in guerrillas to probe the walls at night when they can't be seen and find the loose rocks and the small holes in that wall. And those are the points that you pack with explosives and then blow up. You don't put any more men in. You completely change your tactics. And here's some tactics you can pursue. And they tell you to fuck off or reject it flat out. That's what this guy does, right? Now, that tells you something about their echo chamber. They're in one. It's so strong that they are not interested in achieving the objective they say that they're trying to achieve, which is to essentially spread information that they think is important to the widest people, widest org, uh, group of numbers of people possible, right? So that the information can be spread and become more effective. Instead of instead of taking on board the, ta the new tactics, which don't cost you anything, right? And are easy to do, you get, they decide to reject it. That's that's very telling, right? Now, this, I'd say arguably the same things are happening. Um, so, you know, um, if you if you look at kind of uh, messaging, right? Messaging is really important to avoid to to penetrate other people's echo chambers. You have to find a way uh -huh. to penetrate them, right? right? And that means that you constantly have to adapt your message and disguise it so that you can get through somebody else's defenses and get into a position where they become mentally receptive to hearing any of it, right? But mm -hmm. you don't do that by saying, every time somebody's having a conversation about say, um, worker wages, you don't, you don't achieve that by saying, hey, you know what? I think everyone should just take mushrooms, right? Because everybody just goes, well, what, that's, what the fuck has that got to do with workers' wages, right? And then you just get you just you just complete non secateur. You've strung armed them. You start turning around. You start trying to turn the conversation into your mushroom agenda. And then suddenly you've alienated everybody. Do that five times, they will ban you from their conversation. That's 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 what he does, right? That's what Bray does repeatedly, <laughs> right? Just, which which exacerbates his own e echo chamber.
so Gator, this is what's what, why I'm laughing is because um, now that you've said that, I've realized that I've heard him bring up mushroom stuff specifically a lot before. And I just, because, you know, I've had my own agenda for a long time, which is just to learn as much as possible and just uh, show people how simple it is to do it if they just work on reading, right? Like, that's my biggest premise is read, read, read and have, you know, cordial dis and civil discussions with people. Like, I'm, I'm real basic. Read and talk to people. That's it. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, but I've seen that happening and sometimes I wonder and I, you know, I talk to him and I just want to be cool with everybody as much as I can. And I asked him the question. I said, um, you know, uh, what, why I said, you know, I, I do sometimes find it like I start to cringe a little bit when I hear you saying some of the stuff you're doing. I was like, what is, what are you doing this for? You know, why would you say that? Like, how, how, how does that help? And he, he, his response is maybe something along the lines of, well, you know, they're, they're so stuck in their own stuff, they don't deserve real answers or whatever, something like that, you know. Uh, why should I stoop to their level and try to talk about that when they wouldn't even understand anything that I'm trying to say? Something to that effect, I'm completely paraphrasing, I don't know, but it, it kind of... Yeah, I know what like you mean, that. though. I've heard it. Um, and, on, and last night, I, um, I actually had an opportunity to... I was talking to both Brady, well, they, I mean, I wanted to just do a, a feature, just interview um, Jenny Hatch um, yeah. after she was also in the Penguin Room and just talk to her. Because mm. when, when I see people being shut out for some, certain things, I just want to ask them what the hell is going on. Like, I'm just like, you know, that's just the way I am. I'm like really inquisitive, like, but I'm like, hey, so Jenny, what's up? And so I started talking to her and, you know, we had a really nice conversation, but and, and then Brady and uh, um, Vlad and somebody else came in there, and you know, oh, it was uh, Lance, I think. Anyway, it was it turned into a a real thing, you know. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was an interesting conversation. Um, Jenny seems to be really open to stuff, but I I, I don't know. I mean. With all with if with everybody, there are certain people I can definitely see um, why you know maybe there's like some ostracization ostracization of them you know why they're being pushed out because at the very least I think here's what, what my main thing and I think I don't think this may be the problem with Jenny but I I don't know is that if because I found that I can have really opposing opinions to people. But when I just remain calm, like I am right now, and I just chill about it, like usually people are just like, whatever, you know, I don't agree with what the hell this effort is saying, but he's not yelling it and screaming and trying to push it down our faces, you know, like, cause that's what I, I do. I, I, there's a lot of stuff I, I'm, I'm just like, guys, I have no idea what you're talking about, but this is where I'm coming from. And they'll be like, all right, that's good. Thank you. And then they'll move on. But I'm not being banned or kicked out because I'm also not saying it over and over and over again and saying, you know, trying to push it. So I, I think that might be something. And I said to, I said to Jenny, I said, do you, you know, and uh, well, I asked everybody, I said, do you think I'm too nice to everybody? And Jenny said, uh, she was like, no, I don't think you're too nice. She's like, and even Brady, I think he added something that was actually sensible. He, in that regard, he said, well, you know, something about, he actually brought up survival and which is interesting. Um, I think, I mean, it's recorded. I, I I published the, the talk, um, but it was something like, you know, it's like that I'm able to, 
you know, to, to traverse the different groups and not be pushed away. And they were, they both agreed that, you know, maybe that's the smartest thing to do because, you know, I, at least I get to just hang out wherever I want to and not be pushed away. So I thought that was interesting that they said that, you know, that they're like, oh, well, maybe you're doing the smarter thing. Yeah, to try to avoid polarizing them against you. Mm. Or, or groups against you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would say that the, being the intermediator or maintaining a fence-sitting position or, or basically just keeping good relationships with everybody is the greatest skill in many ways because that's key to, be, to to having at least somebody being receptive to what you what you might put forward right um and well, I, I just don't like conflict it's really a a self-serving thing i mean because and i'll, I'll just say this really quickly um is that to me when people start yelling i want to start killing things I'm not very good at like all this aggression. It's like, if you're in my space and you're yelling at me, that means that you want to fight to me. That's just a, a screwed up programming that I have. And so to start getting up and yelling and, blah, 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 and all the cussing and stuff, I'm like, man, this is, are you, do you, are we fighting here? Or look, we, we're going to do some mortal combat. Cause that's for real. Like I'm just being serious. That's what it feels like. And so I don't think that there's any reason to do that. Like I was even, in on discord and uh, a friend of mine who I met like 12 years ago, uh, she calls herself a Sophia. She's a philosopher too. And, uh, I went in a room and one of her other friends that I had just met a couple of days ago was arguing with a guy that I just met yesterday and I could only sit there for like 90 seconds and then I left. So my point being, again, I know it's a long explanation is that my whole thing doesn't really have much to do with like, wanting my message so much to be heard, even though that's a part of it, as much as I just have a very low tolerance for like conflict, yelling and shit, like arguments. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're a very calm speaker and very, uh, you know, um, polite and demure, basically. And, and, you know, that's easy, easy to, easy to listen to, right? I mean, there's, there's some, there's some guy, for example, Bide, who I was once in a room with, who literally, right, he is fervent of the fervent belief in anthropogenic global warming, right? He just absolutely believes it. But mm. when asked a specific, very basic so, two, so two or three so, specific questions, very, very basic, yeah. right? Yeah, just, I just want to make sure that I break yeah. this word apart. Anth anthropogenic meaning uh, caused by humans. Oh, yeah, caused by humans, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely fervent in his belief, right? And with it, I only asked him one or two questions, which was something like, do you know how climate climatology models uh, track or measure or estimate global te surface temperatures? And he didn't know, right? And, uh, and I don't know them all, but I know a, 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 some of it, right? Um, a, high, a high lay level, I know a little bit of it. And, um, and I asked him something else and this literally triggered him to the point he was literally just screaming at me, even though he doesn't actually know what my position on climate change or anthropogenic global warming is. He's literally screaming at me down the phone that anybody who didn't believe that climate change was an absolute impending doom catastrophe happening now was essentially insane, right? That's what he was doing. And he was just screaming that constantly. He couldn't. You couldn't say anything to him, right? 
And it was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous because he didn't have any technical knowledge. And, and his defense mechanism for his belief system was to scream, not to say, you're right, I get most of my, I believe what I read in the newspapers and, 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 that, and that's what I choose to believe. Um, and, I, and I happen to believe that if you don't believe, agree with me, you're wrong, right? You could have said that very calmly. But because, because, because I was asking him one specific question, which undermined his knowledge base, right? His defense reaction was to start screaming. It's just pathetic, right? Because the point happened to me was a key here. point I was making, which couldn't, which he didn't want to be made, right? And therefore he just um, firebombed it with screaming. It was embarrassing. I was just like, what the fuck? Now, all of these, you know, all of these things come down to kind of, you know, I'm in my own echo chamber really. Because I, I I have massive contempt for the mainstream media. You know, I when I scan an article in the mainstream media, I'm doing two things. I'm looking at what they're not saying, right? What what's not being said compared yeah. to other sources, outlier sources which might be saying something. I'm looking for the cross corroboration to see that it's in the it's is it is this thing like let's take an example. Who is shelling the Zaporizhia nuclear power station? It's obviously the fucking Ukrainians because they don't occupy the territory and the Russians are in that plant and they have been since roughly the start of the war, roughly since they yeah. got there so and they be are being shelled, right? Yeah. Read any Western mainstream media article about that nu nuclear reactor. They will never say that the Ukrainians are shelling it. They will only say it's being shelled, right? Huh. Go to go off, off off onto the alt media. It's the fucking Ukrainians shelling a nuclear power plant, which is totally responsible. And that is actually the kind of nuclear blackmail that Putin was talking about, specifically in his speech. Right now, so what I do with these sources, which is which is prejudicial, is I scan these sources looking for what's not said compared to other sources that are saying something and try to look for the, the, the missing thing or the cross corroboration. But I also look deliberately at the clauses and the, the way that the language is constructed uh, for certain kinds of vagaries or obfuscation, things like this, right? And once I start to detect them in an article, then I begin to discount the article. It can happen very quickly. And then you go, right, yeah. basically that's propaganda, right? Or, but I'm selective. And because I read like that, what it means is I'm just, I'm just passing the mainstream media with my own form of echo chamber inducing cynicism, right? Yeah. Which means that if I, if I have that walk around that level of contempt for all information, all information will become as contemptuous yeah. as I think it is. That's an echo chamber, right? Right. So you know, we all I do found... Well, I was going to say that um, by accident, I kind of found a way around it because um, like I, I read a lot of neuroscience news and like uh, technical news articles from scientific journals and whatnot. And I was reading one yesterday from neuroscience news and I was going on uh, like I already had my mind made up when I read the title that it was full of shit and that they were going to just try to medicalize and and uh you know, uh, pathologize everything so they can medicalize it. And they were talking about in this article how um, they, they, there was like, there was like, it was like some like exercise something disorder. Like they were trying to pathologize people saying that, that people have exercise. Oh, it was like exercise addiction. Right. So right. like, and they gave all these examples about like, you know, if you like a really ridiculous example, like 
imagine you're a person who works out so much and 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 eats so little that your bones become so brittle that one day when you're working out your bones snap in half. <laughs> right? It's happened to almost no one ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm reading this and I'm like, and so that's my attitude, just like how you said, right? Exactly that. But I noticed me saying that. So then I continued reading it. And as I kept on going throughout the article saying shit like that, like just being like, yeah, you guys are trying to medicalize it, you know, by pathologizing it first, da, 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 da. But then they would say something completely, you know, on point. That, you know, we do realize that we don't have any evidence for this and that there's no way to really, there's no protocol for this. It doesn't exist in the World Health Organization and it doesn't exist in the American Psychiatric Association literature at all. Like, we don't know yeah. anything about this. And we're just basing exercise addiction off of observations we make from uh, from substance abuse and stuff like that and some other things like that. And then they, yeah. And then they came to the point where they finally said, well, you know, even if we do set up a protocol to test for it, we don't know if exercise addiction is the primary thing itself or if there's an underlying condition that's just manifesting itself as such, which makes perfect sense. And I'm in the article, the way I'm saying it is like super oversimplifying it. But just trust when I, I'm just telling you right now, if you just take it on face value for now, that they made a really good point in the article saying that, hey, we know that there's not a lot of evidence and that, you know, there could be some underlying mental illness, like uh, they said, like obsessive compulsive disorder, right? So they said something that already exists, that could be what it is. And it just, and, and they just happen to be using exercise as their obsessive compulsive thing. You see what I mean? Yeah. So they did make a lot of sense in that. But then even then, like, do is OCD a thing? You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, but you see the so thing many... about OCD, Right. And I will say this because I went out with somebody who worked in mental health. Everyone misuses that term. What you just described right. isn't OCD. Right. It might be an obsession or it might be slightly yeah. compulsive, but it's not necessarily obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. Just like how people can have narcissistic traits, but not necessarily be a, a textbook narcissist. Uh, partially, yeah. But o OCD is literally um, thinking that... If, for example, when you cross the street, you you must do it in 14 steps exactly, right? Right. And if you don't, something bad, really bad will happen. That's that's the kind of OCD, right? Okay. Or you must not walk on any of the cracks in the pavement because right. it is it is fundamentally bad, right? For you or right. somebody else, right? It's completely irrational to think that, right? But that's what OCD gets into. But, be, but, but ain't, people confuse it with anal retentiveness, being clean, tidy, neat, and all the rest of it, right? right. Or be, have it, having a kind of like a very st strong affinities, really strong desires for something, or, yeah, to an extent, some degree of obsessive, obsession, obsessional interest in, in a topic or thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah, right. And, you know, that's very well uh, put, the explanation, because that's right, um, I've heard that description of exactly what you said before about people not wanting to step on cracks because, you know, and I think I suspect it's where that, that childhood nurse rhyme in, in, uh, in the United States, it probably could be in England too, or like, you know, something like don't step on a crack, you'll break your mom's back or something like that, <laughs> you know? And so, um, and so there were things like that that kids would sing. And I wonder if that came from, you know, somebody who's 
who really was OCD. You know, if I step on a crack, I'm going to break my mouth. Anyway, to go back to what what I distracted you from, you were saying about this article, used, basically, if I understand this correctly, what you said was, you're reading an article which initially you mentally rejected because you believed that the premise was false. But as you read into it, the false premise essentially served as an attention getter or hook to drag you into an article which you ended up actually finding had valuable content in it. Yes. Yeah, because I just kept going. And, yeah. it, and it actually, and, and sometimes even now, right now, I'm thinking that maybe some of the authors do this in the beginning to, to appease the, the publishers and to make sure that they don't get into any trouble, but then the real stuff is revealed at the end. Because interesting enough, it's a tactic that I often do in some of my talks where at the beginning, it's just utter nonsense for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but I'm not getting anything yet. And then when I feel like nobody's going to be listening anymore, right, then I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, you slip something in. Can you still hear so me? If it weren't for the, yeah, so, so, yeah, so if it weren't for me slipping something in like that or that article, and if it wasn't for me just giving the chance, then if I would have just dismissed it right away, then I would remain in an echo chamber of my own making. But so it was addressing what you said earlier. And I said, I think that I accidentally found a, a way around that because I have this thing where my obsession is reading, right? I have to read. And so, and I want to read different new things. And maybe if I can, if it's possible, have discussions about it or else I'm just going to be dreaming about this stuff. But, but um, the, the point of that is that I have to go through the whole thing. So even if I disagree with it, a lot of times I go through the entire articles and realize that my presuppositions were all false. Yeah. And I think that that's a very interesting thing that happens to me over and over and over again. But, but, the, the, pre, but, the, but the presuppositions never stop coming. You know what I mean? Like, I always, I always, like you said, you completely distrust the mainstream media. Well, so do I, as well as all the medical establishments and the pharmaceutical companies. And so I don't trust anything. So when I start reading stuff from these, you know, established scientific journals and, and their news outlets, I'm, I'm already pre-biased. I'm already biased. Well, I, should, I don't need to say pre-biased. I'm already biased um, towards rejecting the information. But I read it anyway, and I've gotten to the point of justifying it to myself by saying, well, you know, you got to know your enemy. Right? <laughs> you know, and so, so I just look at everything, and I don't, and I'm like... Some things are so bad, though. I'm just like I just say to myself, you know what? I'm not doing this. This is not even. This is not happening right now. But for the mm. most part, I'll get through something. Just for the sake mm. of, I want to say that I read so many articles. You know, if, if well, I fin- to fin- fin- getting to the end and finishing it is an admirable quality. Better than uh, better than just, abandoning it. Right, like you know the whole thing that's been bugging me the whole time. I was like, I wonder um, if I'm going to be too tired to read the rest of this. <laughs> but I started. So that was like one of the first things. But after a while, though, I do calm down about it. Like I've gotten to the point in my life now where if I don't get to it, I'm like, okay, because I, I, I think to myself, you know, the other thing that's really important to me is to learn things through, lot, you know, real discussions with people like you just to be able to talk about it and see your viewpoint. I've already just learned a lot of things that I didn't know before that are actually upgrading my, my understanding. 
And, um, and that's, you know, one of the main reasons why I want to talk to anybody. Like, like I want to talk to Brady because even though I can see, like, for example, some of the behavior, like he, he came in into the room and was doing stuff in the, the live chats and then very quickly wasn't there anymore. Cause I was going to ask him, I was like, something he posted. I was like, what the hell is that all about? And, and then, so I was going to send him a message and say, Hey, what, what are you doing here? What's happening? But then it was because he was uh, banned and he immediately started sending me messages about it. And mm. that's where I got this, this article from. Okay. Here's um, a question for you. Yes. Say that you're, say that you meet two people. Okay. At the same time. Right. Yep. And okay. Actually, no, maybe you meet them one after the other. Okay. Okay. The first one, say hello and you talk about a topic. Okay. And the person doesn't really, is not really interested in telling you anything about themselves, but you talk about a topic that you understand enough about to know that this guy is relatively well clued in and, and seemingly intelligent. Right. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, perhaps above average, right? Maybe higher. Right. You don't know. Right. So you go away from that. And the second guy, you start talking about something. Okay. And he tells you, I'm really interested in this. And, um, and you know, I know loads of people who want, but the thing is, they're not really intellectuals, but I'm an intellectual and, and that's why I'm interested in this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now of those two people, if you walked away from both of them and, and, and somebody then asked you based just on what I said to you, could you label either one of those people an intellectual? And if so, which one would be the intellectual? What would your answer be? Okay. So please bear with me and just summarize my choices again. I'm either going to be um, going with... Um, Person A uh -huh. does not tell you anything about themselves. Right. They simply talk intelligently, well-informed, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and uh, eloquently about some kind of fairly involved slightly specialist topic that you know about okay all right on the other, the other guy tells you what they want you to they, they they take the conversation onto what they want to talk about they mm. don't necessarily go into depth and then they tell you look and they literally say to you people who don't want to talk about this are scared um to talk about it and intellectuals don't run away from a conversation about this stuff so I'm an intellectual. That's what they say hmm. to you. Now, who is the intellectual, A or B? I would say A, definitely. Correct. Sure so, so, on the basis of the information I've just given you, I would say I'm more likely to pick A. Definitely agree with you. Brady is in B. If you watch his behavior, he is B. He literally says this in all the chats. He, he's literally spammed chats saying this about everyone, right? He literally runs around saying that he is an intellectual. Intellectuals don't introduce themselves as intellectuals. And he doesn't even understand that. That's how little of an intellectual he is. 
You know, um, I see you, Lance, what's up? Um, you know, there's something that uh, is very interesting uh, that I've noticed. And you see, I'm also just very careful because I don't like to talk about, I'm not as comfortable talking about, you know, him not being here. But, um, but I have noticed um, before some very interesting uh, phraseology of his that I just can't really shake because it's like um, mm-hmm. um, hold on for a second hold on here's uh, <clears throat> Lance Lance, what's going on? Give give my my brain a break. What are you doing, man? So yeah, so I've heard um, Brady uh, say some things that are very much like that, where it's um it's it's very limited. Oh, but the main thing is that. I've noticed if I feel like and and I'm pretty sure that this is the truth, but like he's actually um, and and I understand getting inspiration from people, but he's actually like mimicked and like taken like ideas like directly from stuff that I've published already and then like reframes it and renames it and opens up these rooms talking about it. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? And I'm just like, what is this? And 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 I do get the um, the whole intellectual thing because sometimes I'm I'm just wondering like, why uh, do you have to assert that you're so smart? Yeah. It's, it's like, what? Why do you have to keep telling me that? Just just do something. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Like, I mean. Like one of the things that I know that I'm doing myself, and I don't really care about what anybody else thinks that they're using these tools for. Like I like to read and record. Like I'm basically like practicing every day to be like the best like audiobook reader that you could possibly ever imagine. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like sitting here just reading this stuff, and then, and I can come back at any time I want to, and I can learn something. That I because I can go pick one of the the recordings I did and press play and I have I can revisit an article as being read to me in my own voice. You know what I mean? Like that's the way I think about it. I think that I'm like my whole delusion is I'm building my own online education by posting records of things that I do and then talking to people about it. I don't know what else is a school supposed to be, right? It's like you you learn something and you discuss it and try to put it to work in in, in real life. You know, it's like. And, but, but the whole thing of like being like, well, I'm smart and I'm, and later saying I'm an intellectual or I'm a, you know, it's like that is the part right there. That's just like, huh? you know, that's the part to me, which is kind of, is the, is the disturbing parts to me about any of these kind of things that would go on. Yeah. So, but I mean, also another, another trait, yeah. Another trait that you um, reminded me of is this. He also runs around this platform claiming that he has literally um, been the progenitor 
an originator of quote-unquote ideas, where those ideas are the knowledge of Whitney Webb's journalism or the knowledge of Pizzagate or the Epstein um, information or something that was on been on WikiLeaks for 10 years or something else, right? And he runs around going, look, yeah, I'm glad you're all, I'm glad you're all coming on board with my ideas. And, and one, they're not his ideas. They are things and information that already exist in the outside world, right? And two, he was never the originator of anything. Like, he's done this to me a few times where he said, like with Pizzagate, and I said, I've known about Pizzagate since I read the Podesta emails, right? which were produced, I think they were leaked in 2015, 16, something like that, around the election time, wasn't it, right? And uh, and basically, I don't really actually, compl- I don't believe Pizzagate, the entirety itself. What I am concerned about are some aspects of it and how they join together yeah. is difficult to determine, right? But some of the right. fundamental stuff that's in the emails, which are real and on WikiLeaks mm. cannot be explained and actually would deserve further investigation because they tie to other things, sure. right? But he, he can't, he, he c- cannot cope with that, right? He, he doesn't, um, he doesn't recognize that. And another guy, Daniel on here, uses my position. He completely deliberately mischaracterizes my position on those emails to try to um, discredit me because he says that I believe in Pizzagate. Well, I'd never said that ever. Right. I've never said that. And he tries to use it to undermine my opinions on conflict in Ukraine or other other wider political issues. Right. He's completely disingenuous. He's intellectually stupid and and he's disingenuous. Right. Because he can't compete. And but, but this is but this is this is the thing. Right. This is why I think actually this is why I think if I'm really, really honest with you, this is why Colin is ultra minority at the moment and he's probably going to stay that way because from a social media perspective most people don't have that much time in their life right if they've got a normal operating life they don't have that much time in their life to hang around spending it on conversations with randoms right because look at how frustrating it is to go onto Twitter and watch the streams of internal monologue noise of fucking morons that you don't know You'll you'll disagree with probably sixty five to eighty five percent of what you scroll past, right? And if you and if it's garbage and you can't tell whether it's a bot or a fake account or a troll farm, what the fuck was the point in you allocating time to reading it in the first place, right? And that's just on text that you can spin through. But calling is a totally linear, temporally fixed rate experience. The speed at which people converse. And if you just dip into somebody's conversation out of the blue and they're halfway through it or they're six hours into an 11 hour room, what the fuck are you actually getting into? People don't really enter conversations like that in real life. Right. And so actually it completely fucks with people's conversational technique and relevance because it gives it's like this. It's like this strangers conversation on demand is what these live rooms are. Right. It's very unnatural human behavior. And I believe that this is the major failing of calling is that there might be value in essentially making it online talk radio, which is what a professional show essentially enables. Right. Or a very focused discussive room like Pangburn tries to be that setting up a contained call room about 
philosophical topic and people get together and they debate this thing is like an online audio study group, something like that. But random live conversation, what you'll notice is this. Ali Alexander is building a cult of personality. He was one of the first live rooms I ever went on when I came onto this and I didn't understand what it was. And I was listening to all these, well, they were arguably semi-right-wing or right-wing-ish people talking about stuff I didn't fully understand in ways I didn't understand and I didn't know who Ali Alexander was. And I found it almost frustrating because I was just, I'm of this argumentative bent that I would pick up on something. Somebody started just mouthing off about the general 2008 financial crisis as if that was a, as if they were committed to knowing exactly how it precipitated the rise of Donald Trump or the fall of Hillary Clinton or something else. Completely mischaracterized and glossed over stuff. So I just said to him, do you know, do you know anything about derivative trading? Do you know anything about special interest vehicles? Do you know anything about X, Y, and Z? He didn't know anything about any of these financial things, which are all ultra fundamental to what the global financial crisis was. I just said to him, so why is it that you are on here talking in really definitive terms, like you really know what happened in the global financial crisis if you don't know those three basic things? And they're not, they're not basic, actually, they're sophisticated, but you only need to read easy books to find out roughly what they were. And, and this is the thing. This is generally what I think about calling, and I know that this is going to sound denigrating, but I apply it to myself. People actually don't want and need to know strangers basically largely often ill-informed opinions about anything right and that's why social media is actually got a really toxic limited value aspect to it more so than the beneficial sides i'd say it's probably 75 percent toxic bullshit and maybe 25 percent value but that 25 percent value can only be found if you develop high levels of personal discipline in how you use it and you apply the right level of contempt to the entire technology, right? If you don't do that, you're fucked. And that's, and that's, that's my general view of, of this entire technology and specifically calling from what I've experienced of it. Hello, 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 hello. Is this an echo chamber, echo chamber, echo chamber, echo chamber? It depends. It might be, Lance, if you start going on again about Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. What, yeah, I mean, no. Musk is dumber than the other billionaires, so whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, how's everybody doing there? Hakeem. So. find it kind of amusing to listen to folks argue and just so like you're saying gator so ill-informed i had a great talk there's a guy he's asian american i don't remember his name and there was a bunch of right wingers and we had a great back and forth because for one thing they realized when they realized where i was coming from because i was trashing liberals and then i was trashing conservatives oh whoa so but they let me talk as much as they all talked because they knew that it was five on one. It was very, very civilized. And they respected the fact that I knew my facts. I knew where I was coming from and my opinions were well-informed and it was a really good back and forth, you know, and I, and I disagree with all of them, but it was very, 
I'm a contrarian anyway. I have more fun talking to people. Like. Mm, I mean, what I think though about this platform is that look at look at what happens on the live rooms. It's a tiny number of people who use them, and they use them in exactly the same way over and over and over again. And the conversations are largely the same. So you have an occasional Alexander room. You have a Schnarf room. Well, oh, God, Lance, you 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 who use one. Um, Hakeem does a show generally, doesn't he? Um, and, and and occasionally sets up his own room. And then Brady always tries to set up a room which nobody goes to because essentially he's ostracized himself. And then there's William going on about <clears throat> all of his stuff all the time, right? That's basically what this is. And that's the whole of calling. So this, 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 this is a US centric ultra minority platform for live users. And even the number of shows that are on it are really low number. It's an incredibly minority platform. Yeah, like a grad student uh, lounge seminar chit chat. Well, I, I, I went on Clubhouse once. I've never used it before. When I first got on this, I went on Clubhouse, and it was bizarre. There were hundreds of people in a room, which makes it. But they were all just sort of blathering, and it meant that only a few people were really speaking. And it was all, you know, it was Black American culture. So I didn't even understand half of the patois and the and the. The, the, the topics and things, I just culturally was totally disconnected from it. And I just thought, I can't be arsed with this. I'm not, this is not, has no purpose for me whatsoever, right? But um, Colin's been around for over a year, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's ultra minority. I think it's going to stay that way. And I don't know how the fuck you put ad effectively put advertising into this. Yeah, I don't know how it, it pays folks, I guess, some of them more. Folks with lots of followers get paid, I guess. If I was David Sachs, I wouldn't pay anyone. Don't you don't need to. Look at what Travis Penguin's doing. So through a cult of personality in that this, this section, he's got a little identification club going on. I mean, I don't just... I, I, I appreciate that they're what they're trying to do. And I think, you know, I'll take part in it from time to time when it's of interest to me. But if he, unless he's actually being paid by the platform, he himself is being paid by the platform. Everybody, everybody, including himself, are doing this for free self forms of self-promotion, right? In the hope that it's like a ground floor um, investment working for yourself thing, right? Except there's a real risk that they never get paid for any of this. And the only way that, I mean, because Travis is main main social gig is on his discord server and or youtube right so well, there was somebody then, that uh, they're leaving the they're not gonna do any more call-ins because they're not getting paid anymore because they didn't get a real following and they said i they said they understood it didn't take off like they had hoped they are they're a Substack journalist i guess that had enough of a following to call in wanted them to be on their thing and was paying them i don't know how it all right, worked who's up I don't remember the guy's name, but he was on a show today. And it was like six people, and he said he was just very upfront. He said, yeah, I didn't get a huge following. He kind of made excuses of why, but whatever the reason is, he said, you know, yeah, I understand it. So I'm not going to be going forward and doing shows because they were paying me for a year, but now now it's not going to – they don't want me to do it anymore for pay, so I don't think I'm going to do free shows. Yeah. So I but, guess I mean, 
But but how? But I I I suspect that the real total call-in user base is tiny. Even yeah, even it seems like popular it. shows. So whether that's you know Katie, <laughs> pick a leftist pick a leftist show, which on here are some of the most popular. You've only got between two hundred and fifty and five hundred users logging into that show, right? They should be into the multiple thousands, and they're not. <clears throat> and that's even in we compare that to the user base of Katie Halper or Aaron Marte's own um, YouTube or Substacks or whatever, they'll be into the few thousand, right, at least. And, and they're not translating to calling. And I think that it's partly because the calling app is not marketed properly, partly because the very nature of this time drag, it's a massive time suck. And then when you get into... So Useful Idiots is an example of this. Katie Halper does her Useful Idiots show, then she goes to call in. Well, if you're really interested in the content of Useful Idiots from a so-called, you know, from a journalist, quote-unquote, you just watch her initial YouTube broadcast. Why would you really want to listen to all these random, strange, feckless strangers give their semi or grossly uninformed opinion on anything afterwards. I mean, you don't, do you? You've got kids to feed, you've got dinner to put on, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to hang out with your friends, you're going to sleep with your wife, right? Like, you're going to do the more important shit in life, right? And I think that's a massive stopgap for calling. Because, like, if you're on Facebook, yeah, it's way easier to sit on Facebook and in the same period of time have interacted with tens or hundreds more people or your own friend group that a network that you know so has higher value to you and had some uh, some very short duration text back and forth a bit of messaging and maybe there's some uh, inflammatory arguments in there right but then you just walk off from it you don't you're not constantly listening to me going on for this amount of time right that's a major problem with the calling thing uh, and i don't think it's going to um continue I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not on. I'm not on any platforms hardly at all. So I don't. I don't. I don't have anything to compare it to. I just discovered it, so I, I use it here and there, however much. And that's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know about these other apps, so I have nothing to weigh in on that. I mean, here's an example, you know, you and I were in a, I think, I saw somebody was saying that the Velvet, yeah, I mean, somebody we both know both said the other day that the Velvet Underground were a bunch of creeps, aren't they? What are they doing, David? That was Brady, of course. Yeah, but he was saying that, and and I think you and I both said, well, how are they creeps? And one of the other people in the chat had mistaken Velvet Underground for Velvet Revolution for a start, and then, and then Brady never answered, right? So he probably didn't even know who we were talking about. <laughs> That's like the level of how he rolls. He just gets things completely fucking wrong. Yeah, the Velvet Underground were all very accomplished, for the most part, accomplished professional musicians. They weren't a bunch of ragtag drug addicts who, who just happened to happen to get popular. A lot of punk bands were like that, you know, they're really very mediocre at their instruments. 
uh, and uh, but had a good energy, and that's what punk rock was. That that wasn't what the even though the VU is definitely a proto punk pre punk type of band in terms of inspiring a lot of those some of those bands, and there's a definite thread there. But they were all very accomplished professional musicians. It, that's just that, that's just that's just a fact. They weren't a bunch of creeps that happened to pick up a guitar one day. Well, but to be fair though, the thing is, he didn't say that they were a bunch of you know seventies junkies, which they were, right? I mean, because I don't know, they were. Well, uh, yeah, Lou Reed, Lou Reed got it. Every rock and roll, George Harrison was addicted to heroin. But that's not what I think about when I think about George Harrison is the fact that he was a drug addict. But let's face it, you can pretty much much assume that that most large bands in the 60s and 70s and probably, probably most large bands, um, particularly in the 1670s, were off their tits on all sorts, right? And probably plenty still are, right? So, but but I, does that does does being a junkie or being having a very you know strong affinity for taking drugs does that make you a creep? I don't know if it does. Yeah, I don't know. Ringo Starr was a drunk. Uh, Keith Moon was his best friend. Uh, 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 John Lennon was addicted to heroin for a while. Bob Dylan was a junkie for a while. So I guess they're all creeps. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. John Lennon's a creep. <laughs> yeah. By that base, on that basis, how the hell did he make um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band? He didn't well, do what that. Brady doesn't, you know, this is why it's interesting to talk to him because I, I, I don't, I, I can't stand people like him. So it's not like, wow, you're 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 white. So he, you know, to the extent that he's a phony, but even to the extent that he's authentic, he's an authentic snobby white boy from the burbs. It's like, what the fuck do I give a fuck about you, even on a good day? Let alone when you're totally full of shit to begin with. Even if you weren't full of shit, I'd have a problem. Well, I'm, look, I, I, I don't, I can't, I have no ability to judge him on anything other than what I've heard him say, right? And what I find the problem with is that there's massive shortcomings and inconsistencies in, in his method and what he says and, um, you know, how he goes about saying it. And like, like those, what's, he just comes out with stuff that just, there are other people who do this as well, who come out with like, t- you know, far too much information in a completely ab- 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 obtuse way, right? But he was, he was just talking about something and then he claimed that, you know, he, he claimed that something was was a, a form of psychosis or an indication of psychosis. And then he suddenly said, and I know I can say that because I've had psychosis. I've, I've definitely had, you know, psychosis. I've had my own issues with psychosis. Oh, sorry, sorry, schizophrenia. Jesus okay. right? Wait, wait, wait. So he, so he, so he, so he said that something was basically about schizophrenia, and that he was therefore legi- he, because he'd had an experience of some kind like that, he was legitimate in saying that, right? And then somebody else said, "No, hang on, Brady. I think, I think you're talking about paranoia." And he said, "Well, they're basically the same thing." I said, "No, they're not." I, I, but literally, schizophrenia and paranoia are not the same thing, right? They're not the same thing. And that's how callous he is of just banding around terms. People who know what they're talking about never make errors like that. They're never that callous or cavalier with language. When you know what you're talking about, you, you are specific. And he, is, he grossly lacks specificity. And that is a dead giveaway of a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. 
it's just so absurd. He, I don't know what I was saying about like, oh no, yeah, well you here's what you really mean, and here's what you really think, even if you don't know it. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, yes, yes, yes. I could take just short statements from people, and I could get right inside their head and tell them exactly what they're motivated by and what they're saying. It's like, what the fuck? I yeah, said, it's dude, just nonsense. I said, I said, I said, a, a super professional psychiatrist would take hours, if not a few days at least. He might be able to pick up things on my body language early on, but that would be if I walk in the room. You're over a phone. You're gonna do this? Like what the fuck? What kind of a? How could you? Yeah. It's so it's so far beyond. It, it'd be like, it'd be like saying that yes, I've got the unified field theory that ties quantum mechanics with Einstein, but I'm keeping it a secret because uh, I don't have a patent yet. It's like yeah, okay. Yeah, but he's done. He's done that as well, right? He's literally done that. So so one 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 day I was on calling a while ago, and I noticed that there was a troll on who trolled a show, and I saw him. I saw what he did. And he trolled another, he, he changed his username and ID, and then he trolled, but he didn't change the picture. Sorry, he changed his name, but he didn't change his handle, and he didn't change his picture. And then he went on to another show. So I knew who he was, and I realized, and I saw him troll again in almost the same way. Now, eventually, he was, there was a live room, and he came into this live room, and I literally jumped up and managed to get to speak before he did, because for some reason, he was invited to, to the speakers, right? And I said, hey, this guy here who's just joined is a troll and he's about to troll you. And obviously the guy got really pissed off and went, hey, you fucking, you know, blah, 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 blah. You fucking, what's the word? Uh, yeah, I think that was there. Yeah, okay. So what, what Brady then did was, um, was basically decided to go and set up a room. And he was literally saying, hey, everybody, come and watch me in this room. This is how you school a troll. I mean, like... No, I'm not really interested in listening to you talk to a troll because he'd hung up. The troll, the, what I'd done is just completely fucked his trolling up. He, he, he called me a rat and then he hung up and fucked off. So he, he basically didn't really get to troll, right? That's effectively dealing with a troll. And um, so what Brady did was he ended up wasting an hour of his life talking to this guy. right? And I went and had a listen to it from time to time. And it was literally this guy giving him loads and loads of verbal abuse, constant verbal abuse. Right. Whilst Brady was saying things like repetitively, hey, man, what's crack? Do you know what crack is? What's crack? Do you know what crack is like that? It was just it was just completely fucking pointless. Right. And it took him over an hour. Right. The next day he comes on to call in and starts telling anyone who he can get a speaker thing for. Hey, guys, yesterday, you know what? I had this amazing thing. I completely schooled a troll. I spent an hour with him and I managed to get uh, uh, do this. And I found out that his name was this. And I found out that his friend's name was that. And I found out that they were selling cocaine. And I was thinking, OK, well, I said to him, why don't you why don't you share? Uh, I, yeah, no, well, there was another person who said to him at that point, because I've asked him this later. Why don't you share the room so that we can all hear how well you schooled this troll? And, and, he, and, and this is what he said, right? Given that he's a free speech absolutist, he said, oh, no, I better not do that because there was some pretty bad language in there. I was thinking, well, it wasn't your language, was it? It was his language. And if you're a free speech absolutionist on a free speech platform, what are you afraid of releasing a room that contains a lot of swearing? Right? Complete self-contradiction. And so he bigged himself up as being this guy who schooled this troll. And then, and then somebody else asked him, and he didn't even bother answering this, if you've got evidence of A, his location, B, his identity, C, bad behaviour, and D, drug dealing, why haven't you reported the room to call in and the police? Because that would have really been schooling a troll, wouldn't it? Of course he didn't do any of that.
He just wasted an hour of his life shouting at somebody over the phone. And then he completely misrepresented it to other people on the, on the app the next day. It's just like bizarre behavior, right? It's just uninteresting, bizarre behavior because it's just irrelevant. Um, the very, very first time that I encountered him, he had – that was his whole shtick. He's like, oh, man, I was on this show yesterday. And this guy was saying – and then it was like all these conspiracy theory weird shit. And, man, I really had him, man. I showed him and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like what? So, you know, we used to use the term retarded, and I, I don't – I guess that's not a good term. But it's like, yeah, man, you should have seen this guy. I asked him what state we're in. He didn't even know. He's so retarded. That's like what it, that's what it reminds me of. It's like you take people that are like emotionally disturbed and intellectually challenged, a combination thereof, and show how smarter you are than them and how you trashed them and trolled them. What, what the – that makes you lower than the person you're trying to troll, and Brady doesn't see that. You know, I tried to explain to him, dude, you know what? Someone could have like 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 Down syndrome and be what we would, you know, and have an IQ of 80. And I can learn from that person. He didn't know what to say because it's like, you know, how is that? You know, of course, you got to be smarter than the other guy. The only person that can tell you anything. One person's got to be smarter. They have all the answers. The other guy's dumber. So he needs to shut up. I said, yeah, you know why? They might have a sense of smell and they might see a bird I didn't. And they might be able to experience something and show me something that I didn't experience before. For. Yeah, even with a low intellect. So I can learn from every human being I meet. I'm not out there trying to teach everybody everything, although I like to think I've learned a few things and I can impart some wisdom now and then and knowledge. But no, that's not what I'm about. I want to learn from the, the least among us, not trying to show that I'm among the best. Like Dostoevsky said, you don't judge a society by uh, by judging how the uh, by, by you know by evaluating the accomplished people, you do it by how how you how you treat the accomplished people. You, you judge a society by how you treat the prisoners, how you treat the lowest of the low. You know, basically. Uh, yeah, to an, to an extent, I agree, but I believe that it is. Um, it's it's both misguided and disingenuous to claim that you will learn a lot. From somebody who is literally dumber than you. I said I can. No, I didn't say I will every time. I'm not patronizing and doing some kind of like uh, identity politics, put them on a pedestal. No, but look, I can tell you from experience. I know people that have that are like that. Okay, not a lot, but I'm saying I've encountered people like that and have learned stuff from them about life. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I agree. I agree. Right. I agree with that in general terms. Be be open minded. And I suffer from that with some people very close to me where I have discounted mistakenly to my loss. I have sidelined people wrongly because of, because of my poor perception of them. And I recognize that now. And I, that makes me the stupider person because I should have recognized it early on. And I didn't. But that's, but that's what, you know, closeness of relationships sometimes obfuscates your ability to, to see what you need to see, if you know what I mean, yeah? Um, yeah, but I just, I just find, it, I find it quite a strange... I find these, like, little pockets of personality cult building quite strange because, because you can tell the major difference between the personality cult builders and the people having conversations that are not, that are not egocentric are the cult, the cult builders always talk about themselves. 
Like they you always know, talk about themselves. They never talk about the topic in an analytical sense, right? You know who? You know who I, that, you know who that exactly that, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I, and then this happened to me. And he's one of them, but there's about three others that I can think of. Yeah, but you know who's exactly like that? Only they're a little slicker about it. One Travis Pangborn. He's exactly um, like that. Yeah, there's the, the yeah yeah I, I, definitely. But but he is clearly building. Like, well, I mean, the fact that his platform is named after himself. Fine. Like, I don't care about that. Katie Helper calls her show to Katie Helper show. Good for her. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a well, problem with that. But he's a snark. He's a snark and a coward. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. So I don't, I don't think he's inherently coming. I, I mean, I don't actually think that any of these people are coming from an inherently bad place, right? But what I think it's a reflection of is a modus operandi of self-promotion that people believe is the necessary way that you do things nowadays. And I, and I don't necessarily think that's true. What people believe, I have to create my own brand, I have to create, create my identity, you know, my brand. I'm building my brand. That that phrase, completely like half baked marketing approach to things, right? There's there's not yeah. just one way to do it. You don't just go. You don't just slap your name onto something when there's nothing behind it, and then say that's my brand. It's like no, a brand is not just you putting your name on a, on a box. Because <laughs> if you listen to the a lot of the Pangburn stuff, you know I would agree that particularly the philosophical things. It's just a bunch of, um, is it sophomore your first year in university? Is, is soft, is, well, basically, it's a bunch of university frat boys. Yeah, exactly. Spouting, I've used that paper. Spouting, yeah, spouting, spouting off, right? And, and discussing and, and having a, sto- a stoner conversation about, about, about what they think is philosophy, you know, or aspects of it. And then it degenerates. But there's one guy in there. Who, who, who we all know, I mean, I've had this direct, I've had direct communications about one guy and I've asked the others, I said, have I got this guy wrong or is this guy like sort of missing something? There's a guy in there who is literally either on the spectrum or he's a few, he's a few cards short of a deck and he's uh-huh. such an, ab, ob, ob, um, he's such a, an obtuse, uh, abstract and, and, and hyper, over trying rationalizer it's almost impossible for me to communicate with and i'm a rational logical guy i just get sick of talking to him he's almost like a moron right um and i just have to say that because that's i've repeatedly tried this over and over and it just it's bizarre and i'm just going have i, I know who you mean they go, no not really i know who you mean but i like the kid he's authentic and i can learn more from him than i can from travis or brady i can tell you that right now but you know what else can i just say this so travis right he was being an asshole and so brady had a room which is me and him and he's like yeah yeah travis 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 he's this and he's that and you know what i said i said i don't want to talk about travis i want to talk about you or me or you know and i'm like i don't care about these people enough to talk about them and that's why i'm getting bored with this conversation myself i'm no no no, but I, I, I totally agree with that, right? But what I'm doing is, unfortunately, the user base is so small. And yeah, I've observed loads funny. of behavioral stuff. And, 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 and people will rip me to pieces. I've, had, I've seen it and I've heard it, right? Um, but I kind of find that interesting because it's a means for self-reflection. 
But yeah. I don't know if anybody else does that. Um, but unfortunately, part although this sounds personal, these are just behaviours. I've very specific behaviours I've seen in very specific right. certain individuals, and that's why I end up the conversation ends up becoming specific. This specific. I appreciate you don't want to talk. Right. About right. Um, well, I mean. <laughs> I just, the thing is that it gets to a point where I then don't have anything to contribute to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, let's um, change the topic. I appreciate you tolerating it for so long. No, I just, it's, um, I, I learn things and there's a lot of things that make absolute sense to me. I just don't know, and because I know that I'm already protected in, in the sense that I don't just take information and go doing stupid things with it. And I'm not running around. I'm not trying to tell anybody that they have to adopt my position. And I just, for me, I'm just like, well, what can I actually do? <laughs> you know, can I do this, do that, and you know, for a couple of hours or however long it takes me? Do, do, you, do wanna, you mind if I yeah. like? Can I ask you a, 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 an opinion? Which which of the professional shows do you listen to, Hakim? Do you listen to AM, Aaron Marte, Katie Halper, any of those? No. Michael Tracy. Uh, nope, I don't even know who that is. Okay. So, do you, do you listen to any of the regular professional shows? <laughs> no. Okay, alright, don't. don't worry, don't, don't worry, it's not important. No, but I, th I just, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, is it um, because maybe if I did, they would have some influence on in my thinking, maybe? Well, maybe undue influence. So, what I think is happening... With Katie, Katie Harper, Aaron Marte, and Michael Tracy, is something that is counterproductive for some of them. Because as soon as these people move from being in transmit mode, and when they are in control of their own thing and they don't interact directly with, with individuals, they're in transmit. That's the standard model of podcasting, right? And broadcasting. But call in makes everything into talk radio. Well, if you want to test the integrity or validity or depth of these people, talk radio is the place you do it. Now, there's three things that I've noticed. Aaron Marte has very strong interest in Ukraine and very strong interest in certain foci or topics around certain aspects of politics, right? But a lot of it is U Ukraine, Russiagate orientated. <laughs> but what he won't do and I've, and I've deliberately asked him questions about this over a, a, a few times, right? Is he will not try really to follow Russia's output and he, or Russian non-West, non-pro-West output. And he, he literally calls it all Russian propaganda. So I tested him on the biolabs information that, that Russia was sending to the United Nations. It's been doing that since April, right? And it sent three tranches of, so-called evidence to the UN saying we want full international investigation into the United States operations and biolabs inside Ukraine and in fact in more countries around the world, right? Now, if that's propaganda, right, why the fuck would you send it to the United Nations? If you don't start with, propaganda does not start necessarily at the United Nations, <laughs> right? Okay, it starts right. lower, lower down, Right. What yeah, happened in the Iraq war? First, you saw stuff in the news saying right. WMD, 
right? We've got to attack. Right. Brit- um, Iraq has 45 right. minutes strike capability strike. So against Britain, first. right? And then what did you do? Then Colin Powell held up a little vial of, of, of cocaine and said, this is anthrax <laughs> at the United Nations, right? Okay, and he lied openly to the United Nations. So you can have propaganda enter the United Nations, but it can be subject to test. Yeah. Right? Now, he, now, Aaron Marte has dismissed pretty much most of Russia's output on this as I'm just not following that because and I'm not interested in that bit of Russian propaganda. It's like, hang on, mate, you're a fucking journalist in this theatre and this is a critical part of it. You should not be that dismissive. That tells me something about him, but I'm not sure exactly what, right? Katie Halper... Now, as un- she she doesn't talk very much on calling. She basically, if she's with Aaron, she almost never says anything. If she's on her own, she really has very little. She just lets her callers do the talking, and does very little. She has very little insight. Whereas Aaron, as long as he's on, it's it's the thing he wants to talk about. He'll talk right. And then Michael Tracy. Michael Tracy is like Aaron Marte, but on a more local, more political spectrum more american politics but he but but he's also non-expert when it comes to war and it's kind of like it's almost like we're all just pontificating about what we we're redigesting the news right what we're really doing is redigesting the news and that may i I interject really yeah has a really limited value it doesn't have very much value when you really get into it yeah you want to pass the baton i'll I'll, I'll kind of just go and gator so, yeah, 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 Mate. I've you know most of these people. I got to say, their insights are not very, uh, not very uh, astute. Matt, okay, quick thing. So Matt Stoller, I didn't know he does good stuff on Monopoly and stuff and antitrust stuff. You know, uh, he does, he does. And so I had a back and forth on Brianna's show. And she was very good because I would make some good points, and she would be like, "Matt, what about that?" You know, and then. Uh, and then at one point, she's like, oh, I guess Matt doesn't want Yeah, we went back and forth a little bit. I guess he doesn't want to say anything about that. He's like, oh, no, no, I want to respond because I was making some good points. He knew he had. And then I realized later, oh, big deal. I thought to myself, big deal that I, you know, got the better of Matt freaking Stoller on some toilet. I, I wasn't like, you know, oh, wow, he's a, he's an important journalist. Aren't I special? Who cares? But then I realized later that when it was about China, right, and about his fear of China, all this bullshit. And it was like. Uh, what do you call it? So, so, so he, you know, I didn't realize that's something that he claims to know a lot about as well that he opines about. So I'm like, whoa, this is one of his specialty areas. He was full of crap. Glenn Greenwald, I went back and forth with about his, uh, not about him. I wasn't attacking him, but in a, in an indirect way. And he let me go. We went back and forth for about 15 minutes, Glenn Greenwald and I. And I challenged him on the whole Tucker thing about immigration, about being second generation. And, uh, and at least he let me have a back and forth. I will I will give Glenn Greenwald. But then he pigeonholed me and strawmanned me. Now, do you agree, Gator? Right? That, oh, yeah. Do you agree that, um, for instance, I would say this about Katie versus Sabby and Bree, however, where you find how they are on the spectrum or whatever. I think Sabby to the left of Bree, and I think she would, she said that herself, Sabby has. I think Bree's getting further and further left and further and further away from Democrats. She's not been a Bernie like uh, apologist just because she was his, uh, one of her, one of his main, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, advisors and stuff. She does not. She's been good about that. But so whatever, whatever you think of them personally and all or, you know, politically, 
They both engage. I like that. Katie really does it. You're right. But Sabby and Bree will go back and forth for, you know, a good long time with folks they disagree with on Colin and have good, uh, good uh, spirited uh, back and forth, you know. But, Hakeem, I'm telling you, you don't need to necessarily re- watch all these shows. You're pretty astute wherever you're getting your information from. You're obviously a sharp cookie, whether you're watching YouTubers or not. But I'll tell you something, man. If you want to, like, whatever you thought I had uh, that had some kind of, like, an, an intelligent input yesterday, I know a little bit after a couple of years now since the pandemic of paying attention to these podcasters and YouTubers, I could put together a slam-banging show, I think, that would be marketable as well as hard-hitting because you just can't do gory, like, car chase, you know, depressing, let's say depressing stories every minute. You got to break it up. And these people are good. They're good. They're professionals, you know, but I think I could do something that, and I got to learn. I got a long way to go about, which I would do if it wasn't calling with eight people. It's like when I call a show, you know, uh, and talk, uh, you know, I, I don't get like over the top. If it's my show or a small group, you know, uh, yeah. Or if I'm drunk, drunk, but I wouldn't do that if I was trying to be a professional podcaster. But not to mention, I, not to say I don't have a ton to learn of demeanor and how to gauge the show and pace the show if it's long-winded and all that jazz. But, uh, but I, you know, it's nothing, it, there's nothing out there that, that you know, and Gator's good. I can back and forth. I have a back and forth with Gator and be vehemently disagree with him. But A, he would never let it get personal. And B, he's going to have some chops. He's going to have some receipts. He's going to have some facts to back it up or at least some intelligent, logical opinion if it's not factual, where at least it's something you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, it has a shape and a form that you could punch back at. And I think that was your point, Hakeem. Sometimes you don't have much to offer in, let's, let's say, like I do too. I got nothing to offer this conversation because I don't care if I win or lose this argument. I'm not going to learn anything from anybody here. There's nothing that they want to learn from me. And so what am I here for? If there isn't some kind of give and take and humor involved or learning or teaching or something, then it's just like, Who's got the better of the other guy? And that's not, that, that doesn't. Interest- Hakeem.
Offering a place for people to gather and speak is, um, there could be a lot of ego dealing with it. Could be, uh, you know, this whole idea to, some, do you think that maybe it could be an extension of wanting to be seen? You know, it's just an extreme manifestation of it. Yeah. It could be. I don't know. <clears throat> 